This is Tom Fox. I'm the Compliance Evangelist. And I would like to welcome you to One Month to a Better Board. In this month of February 2017, I'm going to go through and do a series of podcasts talking about making your board more effective. I'm going to start out with the legal requirements that a board has around compliance, move into why a board needs a compliance committee and compliance expertise at the board. I'm going to talk about how the CCO should report to the board and questions that a board compliance committee should ask of a CCO. We're going to take a look at some government guidance and business experience around compliance and the board. We're going to talk about some board failures. We're going to talk about how boards do investigations. We're going to look at boards and internal controls. I'm going to end with a series of specific questions that a board should ask of its chief compliance officer. And on my final day, I'll detail 20 questions that every board should ask of its chief compliance officer. Each day, I will give you a short 10-minute or so podcast with three key takeaways for that day. And I will accompany each podcast with text that you can use. The 20 questions that I referenced will be provided on the final day of February. This is Tom Fox. Thank you very much for joining me on this journey to one month to a more effective board. Day 13, board failures. Today I want to take a little bit different direction as I consider a couple of failures at the board level around bribery and corruption. The first is Vimplecom, uh, clearly one of the top five anti-corruption cases across the globe. Multiple allegations of bribery in multiple countries, fines paid to multiple regulators. But I want to focus on a couple of things. So I'm going to go through the facts and then uh, talk about what the board's failures were as laid out in the criminal information. Bimplecom sought to enter the Uzbekistan telecom market through the acquisition of a local player, Unitel. Unitel made clear to Vimplecom that to have access to obtain and retain business in the Uzbeki telecom space, Vimplecom would have to regularly pay a foreign official millions of dollars. Turned out that foreign official was the daughter of the president of Uzbekistan. Vimplecom also acquired another entity, Butzel, which was at least partly owned by the Uzbeki government official who hid her interest through a shell company, yet it was still known to Vimplecom. Vimplecom did not articulate a legitimate business reason for the deal and paid $60 million for Butzel. As laid out in Vimplecom's criminal information, its senior management was well aware of the potential FCPA risk. From the beginning of Vimplecom's deliberations concerning its entry into Uzbekistan, there was an acknowledgement of the serious FCPA risks associated with Vimplecom's management recommendation to purchase Butzel in addition to Unitel. Documents prepared for the 2013-2005 Finance Committee meeting explained that Butzel was owned by a Russian company and a partner without further detailing the identity of the partner. The materials documented through a local partner, Vimplecom was in a preferred position to purchase both assets. 
The Finance Committee identified the likelihood of corruption and expressed its concerns. Yet even with these reservations, the Finance Committee failed to identify the local partners, including the daughter of the president of Uzbekistan. But there was even more specific caution around an FCPA violation when one Finance Committee member expressed concern on the structure of the deal and FCPA issues and noted that if VIPOLCOM goes into this deal under this structure and if the structure violates the FCPA, VIPOLCOM's name could be damaged. The Finance Committee voted to move forward with the Butzel portion of the transaction, provided all issues related to the FCPA should be resolved. These concerns moved up to the Vimplecom Board of Directors. In a later board meeting, there was a discussion of the likelihood of corruption and that there was a recognition that a thorough analysis was needed to ensure that the Butzel payment was not merely a corrupt pretext for services and favors. There were also numerous requests to ensure that the deal complied with the FCPA. Ultimately, Vimplecom's board approved the Butzel and Unitel acquisitions with the condition that the FCPA analysis from an international law firm be provided to the company. Here, the Vimplecom management defrauded its own board of directors. As the information stated, Vimplecom's management then sought FCPA advice that could be used to satisfy the board's requirement for allowing Vimplecom to proceed with a knowingly corrupt deal. Despite the known risk of the foreign officials' involvement in Butzel, certain Vimplecom management obtained FCPA legal opinions from an international law firm supporting the acquisition of Unitel and Butzel. However, certain Vimplecom management did not disclose to the law firm the foreign officials' known association with Butzel. As a result, the legal opinion did not address the critical issues identified by Vimplecom and the board as a prerequisite to the acquisition. Management limited the law firm's FCPA review of the transaction to ensure the legal opinion would be favorable. Having obtained a limited legal opinion designed to ostensibly satisfy the board's requirement, certain Vipocom management then proceeded with the Butzel acquisition and corrupt entry into the Uzbek market. So you see a couple of different uh, problems or, or lack of actions by the board. The first one was that the board had information uh, that indicated that uh, FCPA issues uh, were paramount and it was high risk, and the board did not independently take action to review those. The second was the information presented to the board by management was clearly fraudulent, and once again, the board failed to do any independent review or analysis. But there was a second issue which uh, touched on the Vimplecom board, and that was a fraudulent stock transfer. Vimplecom entered into a partnership with the daughter of the president of uh, Uzbekistan, who was given an in in ownership interest in Unitel through a shell corporation. The shell corporation had an option to sell its interest back to Vimplecom in 2009. This owner, the daughter, was well known within Vimplecom and Unitel, as both entities referred to her as the partner of the local partner. Vimplecom set up a partnership where the Shell Company obtained an indirect interest of approximately 7% in Unitel for $20 million, and the Shell Company received an option to sell its shares back for $57 million so that there was a guaranteed profit of $37.5 million. Vimplecom's board was required to and did approve this partnership, but as with the original acquisition, approval again was conditioned on the FCPA analysis by the international law firm.
and required that the identity of the partner be presented to and approved by the Finance Committee. Vimplecom received an FCPA opinion on the sale of the indirect interest in the Unitel Shell Corporation on or about August 26, 2006. The FCPA advice Vimplecom received was not based on an important detail which is known to certain Vimplecom management and that management failed to provide to outside counsel regarding the President's daughter's control of the Shell Corporation. It also failed uh, to identify the true identity of the local partner. Obviously, this uh, exercise option was exercised, and the daughter received, daughter of the president received a $35 million, $37.5 million profit. A second area or second company was the Tulsa based BizJet, which had four senior executives convicted for their participation in a bribery scheme. But this case also involved the board of directors. In its criminal information, the stated in 2009 at a board of directors meeting, Executive A and B discussed with the board the decision of where aircraft is sent for maintenance work is generally made by the potential customer's director of maintenance or chief pilot, and these individuals are demanding thirty to $40,000 in commissions, and BizJet would have to pay referral fees to gain market share. And this was done. So you see uh, some pretty good examples of failures of the board, which lead to our three key takeaways today. Number one, board liability can be severe based upon similar conduct going forward. Obviously, the uh, Vimplecom matter coming in at $765 million, and I think number three on the top list of global enforcement actions is something that is severe, and it costs the company um, quite a bit of money. But in BizJet, we had four individuals personally convicted of FCPA violations, and the top two executives in the company went to jail. So if the board had exercised its conduct going forward, uh, that might not have happened. And we will shortly be seeing, when the Department of Justice has the appropriate case, actual board liability. Number two, board members must critically challenge management on its conduct. Uh, the, the reason I went into the facts in such detail in Vimplecom was that the board simply accepted management's answers in terms of legal opinions, and the board did not seek separate or its own uh, independent legal counsel. And this is something that the Department of Justice had made clear you must stop or you must do going forward. And finally, these two cases emphasize the board is the ultimate backstop against bribery and corruption, and we had complete, total, and utter failure by boards, both of the boards of these companies. This is Tom Fox. Thank you very much for joining me on day 13 to one month to a better board. And I hope you'll join me tomorrow for day 14. This is Tom Fox. Thank you for joining for today's episode of 30 Days to a Better Board. This series is based on my seminal work, Doing Compliance, Design, Create, and Implement an Effective Compliance Program. It's available from Compliance Week, and you can check it out on their website, compliancesweek.com. I hope you will join me tomorrow for another episode.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.